It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What is going on, guys? It is your boy, Deontay Daniels and Ed Oliver, and a special guest, Troy Halliburton, writer with the Washington City Paper, also a reporter for the Washington Wizards. Joining us today, we got a lot of questions, trade stuff, new Wizards coming in, Wizards going out. Let's get right into it. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, guys? I want to thank you all for making Locked On Wizards your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Troy Halliburton, thank you for coming in. How are you feeling today? I'm doing all right, Delonte and Ed. How you guys doing? Just uh, I'm here to talk some some Wizards, and it, it's it's happy that the the team is actually winning some games. So I feel like all is better, but not right in Wizards uh, Twitter world. Yeah, it's 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 some things going on, you know, in the Wizards world. Some passive aggressive quotes in the post game pressers, etc., from some players. But since we had some guys go out. There's some younger guys getting more PT. I want to ask you, Troy, who are you most excited about out of all the young guys that are getting more playing time currently? Well, right now, I'm I'm currently uh, most excited about Corey Kispert uh, and, and and what he is able to show. Um, you know, really, he is the biggest beneficiary of uh, Bradley Bill deciding to go ahead and get that uh, surgery on his wrist. And so now Corey Kisper has inserted himself into the, the the starting lineup at the shooting guard position. And so I'm really excited to see, you know, what he can offer. Um, I know I believe he's averaging about 12 points per game over his last five games. And so, you know, he's making a, a really late push for one of those uh, all uh, rookie spots. Yeah, I think Corey Kisper 
he's been more comfortable in the starting lineup at times than it has been off the bench. And I think his because of his skill set, you know, he's a plug and play guy. I think he was a plug and play guy coming out. And I think that's why I liked his pick in the 15 spot when the Wizards took him. The shooting, you know, you would like to see it be a little more consistent for sure. But I think it would definitely come along. His form is good. Everything is good. It's just what's impressed me the most about Corey Kispert is all the other things outside of shooting the ball, you know, cutting to the basket in between game. All that has been very surprising. I know you've seen it a little bit if you watched Gonzaga games last year or Gonzaga highlights of him. But it shows that you have a guy like Davies Bertans who was more just strictly shooting. But Corey Kispert came in and kind of made him a little bit more expendable because his game was a little more fleshed out and he did a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I agree 100% with what you just said. I mean, Kisper has shown a lot as far as his cutting ability, his passing ability, uh, his defensive versatility. Uh, the only thing that he really hasn't shown is the shooting ability, and mm-hmm. that's actually the one skill that I'm really not that much worried about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I kind of – did you, uh, did you uh, see this, this clip of Duncan Robinson from uh, last week when he played against the Wizards? And it was just a clip of him like running around screens and trying to get open and, and shoot a three-point shot. And I thought that that was a very poignant clip to be on the internet. And it kind of reminded me a lot about for, with Kispert is that it's hard to, to get open in the NBA mm-hmm. on those three-point shots. And and Duncan Robinson, you know, this is his, uh, I think was going into his third or fourth year into the league. And so Kispert, once he gets his legs underneath of him and he's able to figure out how to run around and, and 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 also still knock down his shots. I think that that's when he'll we'll see his him take his game to the next level. But he's going through a little bit of a, a, a the you know the motions as a rookie player. But you know the, the I think that we can all have confidence in what he will develop into because of all the things that he's shown uh, with, with, with his outside game besides just shooting the basketball. Yeah, I mean he. Um... I like how you mentioned him being a playmaker. You saw the lob that he threw to Thomas Bryant. So he's an underrated passer. And he's athletic too, man. He's had a couple dunks there. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's going to catch a body. <laughs> he's going to catch a body before the end of the year. So, um, but yeah, seeing him and Denny get an opportunity to grow, get more playing time, you know, have a career high in rebounds, Rui as well. Hopefully Rui can recover. So um, that's a good question. And the young guys get more of an opportunity to grow with other guys being out and other guys being traded. Um, but of course, we want to get to the to the trade the whole trade deadline. How did you feel about the trade that Tommy Shepard made? And if you had to give a grade on the uh, Trez trade and what we got for Trez and, of course, the Przingis trade and what we gave up for Przingis and also the Aaron Holiday trade, if you had to group them all together or if you want to do one by one, if you want to give a grade or uh, analysis. Well, if I had to group them all together, I would give Tommy Shepard a B for mm-hmm. just uh, the trade deadline in general. I think that you know I, what? What he has kind of shown, he's perfected is is he, he's he's a fireman arsonist, just like Ernie Grunfeld. So he set a fire with you know the contracts of Davis Bertans and Spencer Dinwiddie, but he was able to put out that fire by moving those Albatross contracts out and bringing in a guy like uh, 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 Porzingis. And so when, when when you look at what he was able to do, you took Davis Bertans, who was not even in the Wizards rotation. And Spencer Dinwiddie, who I know that you know the, the sample size would not would hadn't been as large as they would have liked, but over 50 games, 
he showed that, you know, he didn't fit in with this team. So he took in a guy who was out of the rotation and a guy who didn't fit, and he turned that into a former all-star. Now, albeit, you know, uh, Porzingis has uh, shown that he's been injury-prone over the last few seasons, and as a matter of fact, he is currently injured right now and not able to play. So, you know, that, that, that kind of is a little bit concerning uh, as far as he goes. But I do think that uh, his overall talent uh, is it, something that the Wizards uh, probably needed and something that will help them be able to, to, to sell to Bradley Beal. As far as the other trades that go, I think that uh, the, the Aaron Holiday deal, I really don't have much to say about that, although I would uh, put up some negative marks on the fact that, that the Wizards traded a first-round draft pick that they got from the Los Angeles Lakers to the Indiana Pacers for Aaron Holiday, and then now they traded him out for just cash considerations. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I'm not really a, a fan of that in particular, but as far as the other trade, the Montrezl Herald trade to, to the Charlotte Hornets, I think that this might have been one of those things where addition by subtraction, um, I, I believe that Montrez had probably overstayed his welcome in D.C. He, I, I think he might have talked his way out of town. And so with, with them trading him out and, and bringing back uh, Ish Smith, who was a great locker room presence with the team over the last two years, and, you know, a guy who actually uh, is going to have to play the point guard position for them since, you know, they traded out Spencer Dinwiddie, I think that that was a – a pretty good deal for them. You know, so it, like I said, an addition by subtraction kind of move. Definitely. It's crazy how far we came with Trez, him getting MVP chance, him being top 10 in the MVP ladder at the beginning, him doing the, uh, you know, him and Bradley Bill, you know, laughing after games after we were winning to come into this situation, you know, a couple of days before the trade deadline. So, uh, but I'm pretty much with you on Tommy Shepard. I think we echo each other about how he had to put out some fires. Me and D said the same thing about, you know, him creating the mess and then him, you know, cleaning up the mess. So it's, it kind of like cancels each other out. Yeah. But go ahead, Drew. No, I was going to say, yeah. I mean, I think that that's the biggest thing is the fact that, you know, he gave out those contracts. And so when you start to look at some of the moves that Tommy Shepard has made uh, since he's taken over, you know, when you when you add up the column of good moves and bad moves, you know, he, he's got a lot of, you know, pretty suspect moves. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's very curious to see, like, you know, how this one is going to work out with uh, Porzingis. Yeah, and that's why I gave the grade a B, too, uh, because he's the one who signed those two guys to those contracts. So I couldn't say, oh, this is an A trade because you're cleaning up a mess that you made. So I agree 100% with a B grade. And speaking about a guy like Davies Bertans, he had um, his press conference with the Mavericks, and he spoke about how it was tough to have team chemistry when every single day the team is basically fighting with each other about, I want to get more minutes, and I want a bigger role. How did you – what did you think when he first said that? Because it always felt like the Wizards – you know, Bertans, then Yavia got into it. Then we heard about KCP and Montrez. I had time getting into it. So it's not a real big surprise. But what was your initial thoughts when you saw those quotes? Yeah, my initial thoughts was it sounds about right as far as, you know, uh, all of the sourcing that I had coming out of that building. And 
I, I, I don't want to like all put all of the blame onto Montrezl Harrell because I'm sure that there were other players who were disgruntled. And I, I didn't really hear much about Bertans being disgruntled as far as his uh, playing time goes. I think that he was just happy that, you know, the check's going to clear anyway for him. So, you know, he, I think that he was trying to <clears throat> assert himself as more of a leader. And I don't know if that was being uh, uh, received as well as he, uh, you know, would have liked. And so I think he just kind of, you know, kept quiet. But really, uh, the, the main guy that I kept hearing about, uh, and this was like weeks ago, was that Montrezl Harrell was becoming a bit of a problem inside the locker room. And, and, and really, I think that it just goes to the fact that, you know, he's such an outspoken person in general anyway. And so when you have stuff not going well and with him being such an outspoken person and, you know, the Wizards locker room there, they really aren't uh, – the, the Wizards under Bradley Bill's leadership really isn't a, a, you know, wear your emotions on your sleeve type of team. Like, I, I think that, that a lot of this has to come back to Brad's style of leadership and not being able to, to you know, galvanize the group in a way that was positive. And so when you don't when you have when you don't have that positive leadership, when you don't have that guy in the room who is, you know, galvanizing the group, then you, that that leaves that leaves the door open for other people to to you know assert themselves as as vocal leaders of the team. And so I think that Montrez had, you know, it, it, nobody appointed him a leader, he kind of appointed himself this guy. And and I think that his voice was just beginning to wear thin on his teammates. Yeah, it's interesting because Spencer Dinwiddie, when he was talking to reporters as well, he said he tried to step up and be a leader too, and that was kind of not welcomed. So did you hear anything about Spencer Dinwiddie as well? Yeah, well, I didn't hear about Spencer. I did hear that as far as him stepping up and trying to be a leader and that there was a little bit of growing tension between he and Brad. But from my understanding, that was more so an on-the-court problem like they like the fact that they couldn't coexist, and then I think that there was frustration from both players about the fact that they couldn't coexist. But I I don't think that there was pretty much any tension there. Um, but really, as far as like the off the court stuff, I think that like the just the team in general was was just just growing very weary of Montrez, and and he he was just becoming overbearing to them, and and, and people didn't like coming into work because they knew that Montrez was going to be getting on them about something. So, uh, you know, and, and this was a guy who, you know, he, he had uh, a, a good resume uh, as far as, you know, a former six man of the year, but he's, he also has never really gotten paid. Like he's wanted to get paid in the NBA. And so I think that he was looking at, uh, you know, the numbers that he was putting up with the Wizards at the beginning of the year and thinking that he might have been lining himself up for a bigger payday and uh, free agency this offseason. And so when he started to see that slip away, I think that's when he started to to, to become even more vocal. And, and and I just don't think that it was uh, very well received by this Wizards group. Yeah, I, I think it was just a, a mess. It was becoming a mess. You you had the assistant coach incident with the fan. It, it was just stuff needed to change. And everybody could see it. You didn't have to be an insider on the team to see that it was just a lot of bad things going on. And you just know it happens in these situations every time. The tea starts to get spilled when guys get moved, et cetera. Even Chris Miller, he said, we actually had some people in here that was real arrogant that didn't have the resume. So 
it, it just goes to show that that situation was real toxic. It seems like it was just a toxic locker room. Hey, you got anything? Um, we we can get to a quick word, but I, I do want to you know talk about West too, because um, I feel like you know Montrez said things about um, he said that West doesn't make adjustments, so that's basically calling out the coach as well. Um, you know, and then earlier in the year, even when we were winning, we were like 10 and three. The article came out from the athletics saying that um, Marcher said they, you know, can even a blind scroll can get a find a nut or something about getting touches. Spencer complaining about the um, offense as well. So kind of seemed like a disconnect with with the coaching as well. And it wasn't it was a kind of a toxic situation for West, too. It looks like they tuned them out. They weren't listening to him either. The the rumor that the prisoners are running the asylum as well. Um so I just wanted to know if you heard anything about Wes and what the guys felt. Was there a disconnect or just guys started to tune him out? Yeah, no, I, I think that 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 that's a fair assessment uh, to, to, to kind of criticize uh, Wes Unso Jr. here. I think that, you know, guys were guys were frustrated. You know, a lot of people were frustrated with him. Uh, I think that's Brad included with how the offense was being run and, you know, his lack of adjustments. And so I, I honestly do think that, you know, there are some questions with, you know, not only his leadership style, but his X's and O's style as far as uh, coaching right now. And so I, I, I am willing to give him a, a grace at this point because he is a first year head coach. And mm-hmm. so <clears throat> for a guy who came in and, and it was so highly touted with, you know, his knowledge of the game, I think that once he is figuring out how to, to navigate and manage all these different personalities, then maybe he will feel it within himself to be more assertive uh, and, and forceful with, with his teaching style. And so, you know, like I said, I, I'm, I'm willing to give him some grace because he is a first-year head coach. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, it's, it's tough that he came into a situation. That's, that would be tough for any coach. But you, you just have to have a strong voice with personalities like Trez, Bill, um, Spencer, these are guys that have, you know, they they put up numbers in the league, so they're going to have egos. Yeah, I agree. So I agree. I give Wes a grace period, too. This is tough for a rookie head coach, especially in this type of situation. But before we get to more questions for our guy Troy, we do have to get to a message from our friends over at Prize Picks. All right, NBA fans, are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to try the award-winning app, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and we know you will too. You pick two to five players and an over slash under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from points score to rebounds, even steals. Price Picks allows mixed sports entry. For example, you could have took the over on Burrow passing yards and the under on Kyle Kuzma points. And Price Picks doesn't just offer NBA. They have options on the college basketball, college football, NFL, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. For a limited time, Price Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 free if a player in your first Price Picks entry scores a single point, but you must use code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today and use code NBA. $50 for free if a player in your first Price Picks entry scores a single point. 
Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Well, guys, I want to thank you once again for making Lockdown Wizards your first listen each and every day. Now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So, Ed, let's get right back into the questions. All right. um, So do you think it's the best interest for the Wizards to get the best lottery odds or go by the Ted Leonsis model of we will never ever take? I have to go against uh, Brother Ted here. Uh, I think that the Wizards, the best chance for the Wizards to 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 lead to success would be for them to tank. I think that, you know, I, I wouldn't go out there and be trying to sign any point guards. I wouldn't be trying to do anything. Just let the young players go out there and play, do their thing. Let them try to develop as much as they can. Uh, if they win games, that's great. If they don't win games, even better. Um, I, I think that when you look at the Wizards and the the opportunities that have been afforded to them uh, in recent years, there hasn't really been much. So the, if they want to try to get out of this rut, they need a, a, a big swing. And, and uh, the biggest swings come in the NBA draft. And so when you look at a team like Toronto last year who didn't make the playoffs and, and, and they were able to, to, to quote unquote tank, these are Masai Ujiri's words, not mine. The Tampa tank, he called it. They, they ended up getting the fourth overall pick and drafting Scotty Barnes, who looks like, you know, a, a, a great 3ND type player who's going to be, you know, a, 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 a nice foundational building block for them. Now, if, if the Wizards were to be so lucky to, to, to go out there and lose some games and, 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 and find themselves with some lucky lottery odds, they might end up with themselves with a top four pick. And that would greatly increase their chances of being able to get a, 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 a foundational piece to add next to Bradley Bill and Chris Porzingis and their three young first-round draft, former first-round draft picks. And, and that will keep the ball rolling for, for this team as far as a rebuild is concerned. So it's, a, it's an easy answer for me. I think they should take and, and try to get the best draft lottery odds. Yeah, and put them next to Kyle Kuzma, somebody – and forget about Kyle Kyle Kuzma (laughs) might be looking for that extension messing around keep playing like he's playing so yes I apologize that you you are correct (laughs) putting next to Kyle Kuzma he's the might be the real leader of this team seriously I mean um even on the TNT game where we're getting blown out by the Bucks he sounded like a vocal leader he was telling Denny just shoot the ball go do this go do that I mean but yeah I mean it's it's of course you want to 
the moral thing to say or the competitive thing to say, of course, is like, yeah, let's go out there. Let's win games. But, you know, realistically, in, in the future, if, to have foresight, like you said, Masai Ujiri, who's one of the best GMs in the game, um, it, it probably is in our best interest to get a lottery pick. You know, you got guys like Jay Nivey out there, Ty Ty Washington. Um, you can end up with Chet Holgram, Paolo Beccaro. I mean, it, there's some good guys in this draft. I like this draft a lot. Um, there's a couple guys from Duke, like I said, Gonzaga, Kentucky. You get one of them boys, and they can change this team. They can help us out because we're not we're not going to land a big fish in free agency. We're just not one of those teams. And a free agency pool this year isn't, isn't that great anyway. So um, I think it would be the best interest to try to get the best lottery odds. Yeah, I, I think it's um, logical to try to get the best odds right now. Your best player is out. Porzingis is also out currently. Who knows how often and how heavy you want to go, knowing his injury history. It just makes sense to try to get the best possible pick. Uh, the Warriors did it, not comparing the Wizards to the Warriors, but they ended up with Wiseman. They ended up with Kaminga, who looks like a really good piece right now, currently getting valuable playing time on that team, and Moses Moody. So it's nothing wrong with taking the year off, kind of, but not being blatant about it, but trying to get yourself the best odds going into the next season where you want to compete. Yeah, I mean, you, look, you, you got you guys are both uh, giving great examples, and I think that you know the Wizards they 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 have to look what they've been doing isn't working. Finishing as the eighth seed, ninth seed that that's not working. So maybe they should try something different. Like that that's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. I think they should switch it up too. And I'm glad you guys also brought up the point about Kyle Kuzma and the leadership because I, I think he's the leader on the team as well. And I don't look at it as a shot at Brad because I've said it before. The best player doesn't always have to be the leader of the team. Like to go back to the Warriors, Draymond Green isn't the best player on the Warriors, but I feel like Draymond Green is the backbone of that team. I feel like he's the vocal leader and locker room leader of that team. He's very important to that team. Is he the best player? No, but I think Kyle Kuzma has done a great job, you know, leader wise, as far as with the Wizards. I think he just gets it. He's one of those guys who I feel like he just gets it. Yeah, Kuzma definitely gets it as far as, uh, you know, just his style of leadership. I think that when you look at, you know, his career, the fact that he came in, you know, with, with guys like Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball and, you know, I think with, with, with the Lakers, and I think that he showed uh, even the Lakers back then that, that you know, he was responsible and an adult in a room full of guys who, you know, he was playing with a cast of characters. And so then he also – after, after you know, those guys were shipped out and they brought in Anthony Davis, he got a chance to learn under the tutelage of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And so he learned what it was like to, you know, go from a guy who was taking, you know, uh, any shot he wanted on the court to, you know, having to, to be relegated to standing in the corner and, 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 you know, kind of wait for the ball to come to him. So he's kind of seen both sides of that coin. And so I think that, you know, with, with, with his uh, – past experiences in the NBA, you know, that makes for, for him to be a guy that that, that other guys in the lock, Wizards locker room should be listening to because he's been through that before. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with you. I've been impressed, you know, outside of the on-court things. I've, I've just been impressed as far as Kyle Kuzma's leadership, so I'm glad you guys brought that up. But, Troy, your thoughts on Denny, Roy, and Corey Kispert's ceiling. Do you feel like they'll just their ceiling, like a guy like Rui and Denny, are really good playoff rotational pieces? Do you think possibly maybe Rui can 
get to a point where he can be like a, one of those fringe all-star type of guys. And also, Denny Avdia at point guard. Could we see that potentially? Yeah, so, all right. I, I, it's, it's actually funny because I was talking to a, a friend of mine who, who works for in the front office for another NBA team. And we were talking about kind of evaluating the, those Wizards' three young prospects. And it, it was very interesting to me to hear an outsider's perspective. And basically what he told me was that around the league that people would rank the prospects as Kispert, Denny, then Rui, uh, and Rui almost as a distant third in that grouping. And so I think that, you know, as Wizards fans, we probably have to start – uh, reevaluating what we are, what, what what we're going to see from Rui Hashimura. Um, I think that you know the things that he does well uh, on the court are 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 not really uh, you know conducive to to the things that other NBA teams are looking for. And so you know th- th- this is a guy who you know he, his mid range jumper is is deadly, and he's coming out and he's showing that he can shoot the three point shot. I think that he needs to show more confidence in his game. And, and, and some of those aspects, like the three-point shooting and actually trying to move the ball around. You know, because I think sometimes that really has too much tunnel vision. Like, he'll get the ball on the fast break, a 201 fast break, and just dribble all the way down and won't pass the ball to, you know, his, his teammate, even though his teammate might be open. So I think that there are some things that Rui definitely needs to work on with his game. Um, Denny, he, he just needs to learn how to finish. He needs to develop his left hand, and he needs to learn how to finish at the rim um, everything, every other aspect of his game, I think, is on a nice trajectory as a guy who can be a a, a a rotation player on a winning basketball team. But he needs to work on that left hand, and, and he needs to work on uh, finishing at the uh, at the rim. And then Kisper, I think, like I said, I, I, Kisper is the guy who I think intrigues me the most uh, out of the Wizards' young prospects because of. Uh, really his, his his shooting ability, even though he isn't really knocking down the shot right now, but you, you see it with everything, his his form, everything that he does, like his ability to get open. Like Eventually, this guy is going to, once he figures out the NBA game, that shot is going to start falling. And, and, and we're, we're going to be looking at a guy who, who who is a younger version of J.J. Redick almost. And, and when you look at you know how valuable J.J. Redick was in the later parts of his career, you know, if Corey Kisper can be, you know, that Orlando Magic version or that LA Clippers version of JJ Reddick, that's a very valuable asset for the Wizards. So I'm really excited to see if he can continue to grow and develop into that type of player. Yeah, I think, and with Rui, what I have liked since he's returned to the team is I feel like he's shooting the three ball really well so far, you know, especially for his standards. And that's interesting, you know, Corey Kispert first and then Denny and then the distant almost third being Rui. I know a lot of Wizards fans will probably have that flip almost and have Rui because the Wizards fans love Rui. They view him very highly. Sometimes, you know, we as Wizards fans kind of have an issue with correctly evaluating our own talent. But, you know, Corey Kispert is very interesting too because – you can all the NBA teams, any NBA team always could use a shooter. They always can use a shooter. And with his cutting ability, his ability to also have nice touch around the rim, I think he has an opportunity to be that really good piece 
potentially out of the three, the best piece on a playoff team, you know, and I have, I have high hopes for him. I liked when the Wizards drafted him. I, I thought that was a good pick. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I think um, you hit the nail on the head with Denny. I mean, he's, he's just got to finish it. He did that last night where, you know, he got a rebound. He pushed, he actually pushed Diallo out of the way. So I love seeing stuff like that, him being aggressive, you know, push somebody around and, and finish. And, and we wanted, we want to see him dunk the ball. I know he had an ankle injury last year, but I think, you know, he'll get some of his athleticism back over the offseason once he started working on his legs. But we just want to see him finish strongly around the rim. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Denny, he, he's just got to start finishing stronger around the rim, man. He, I mean, this guy misses more layups than even Russell Westbrook. So, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's becoming a bit of a thing. And, and you know, it, it, it's it's something, like I said, he, he's just got to work on his left hand, have more confidence in his left hand, and have more confidence in himself finishing around the basket. Yeah, 100%. And – before we get into a couple more questions, Ed, we do have a message from our friends. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. I did get the Super Bowl pick correct, 23-20. It was in two videos ago, so you guys can check out the episode on Monday. It will show my pick, so I did get that right. Uh, football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, so um, how do you see the rotation going when Porzingis does come back? Um, you know, we got we still have a, a good amount of centers. Um, Gafford, of course, is coming back. Thomas Bryant's coming back. And it looks like Porzingis is going to be playing the five, and then we brought in Vernon Carey. So technically we would have four fives on the roster. Yeah, well, I don't think Vernon Carey is going to be seeing any playing time anytime soon. I think <laughs> – he should. He might be getting used to the Capital City Go Go. Uh, I heard, heard, heard they're making a good playoff push, so you know, expect to see him there. Uh, I think that ultimately, I think Porzingis will start at center when he when 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 he does come back uh, from his knee injury, and that uh, that he will play thirty plus minutes a night, and that means that Thomas Bryant and Daniel Gafford will split whatever time it is that is left. Um, I do think that, you know, I do think that there was a little bit into them trying to showcase Montrez Harrell and Thomas Bryant before the trade deadline. And now that that has passed, you know, I, I, I would expect them to try to get Daniel Gafford back into the fold um, just because, you know, they gave him a contract extension before uh, before the season started. And so, you know, he, he's a guy who is 
a part of their long-term future. So, you know, it, it will be good to, to see them get him back in the fold. But, you know, I, I do think that, you know, there, there, there are going to be opportunities for, you know, those other guys, for Thomas Bryant and for uh, Gafford to play, just because I don't foresee them, uh, you know, playing Porzingis and back-to-backs and, mm-hmm. you know, things of that nature. So I think that, you know, when he does play, you know, uh, that, that, that he's going to get, you know, the 30 minutes a night and everybody else is going to have to get in where they fit in. And uh, but I do think that they will they will be cautious with uh, Porzingis and not really force him out there uh, as far as just playing back to backs and 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 heavy minutes. Definitely, yeah. And the rotation has been kind of um, interesting. Still, like Rui Anthony Gill has really kind of gotten the same minutes as Rui, or if not more, and he's kind of got the same amount of minutes as uh, Thomas Bryant. So you know, Anthony Gill has been getting as much playing time as a starter recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Troy. No, I was going to say, Anthony Gill, it really, I think that he's been playing a lot more recently because they've been using him as kind of like a backup center almost. Um, and so I do think that we'll see Anthony Gill's minutes kind of decrease once Daniel mm-hmm. Gafford comes back. Yeah. yeah. I I, th- I think Thomas Bryant is the odd guy out in this. I think Porzingis is going to play at the 5-2, and I think Daniel Gafford should not be getting any more DNPs. And I think Thomas Bryant may be the guy that's get, that gets a little more phased out. And I also think Gil Minutes will drop as well. There should be no reason that Daniel Gafford isn't getting a decent amount of playing time, especially if he's back before Porzingis is back. And even when Porzingis is back, no more DNPs for him. That whole little span of him collecting DMPs for them to showcase Montrez and Thomas Bryant. That should be over with. Daniel Gaffrey gave him a contract for a reason. Play the guy. Simple as that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think I think it's a simple concept, but you know, it, it, like th- things like that uh don't really seem to go over uh as simple as as they should when it comes to the Washington Wizards. So, you know, I'm very interested to see because I do know that, you know, Thomas Bryant is a free agent uh, this summer. And so, you know, man, I was just really sitting there thinking about, I wonder what happens with him. And, you know, I see a scenario where they could resign him and bring him back. So you never know uh, um, what, what, what really Tommy Shepard is thinking with this. But I would like to see Daniel Gaffer get a chance to go out there and really, you know, kind of, kind of, work through some of his growing pains. You know, if if the coaching staff is frustrated with some of the things he's doing, then there's no other way for him to get better and to to get through this than to go out there and play. Yeah, 100%. I agree with you. And to get more more into Porzingis and Bradley Bill, how do you expect their fit to go? We know Wes Unsell Jr. had a little Jamal Murray – Nikola Jokic comparison going on. He didn't say those two names exactly, but we all knew what he meant. How do you expect Brad and Porzingis to fit? Well, if if I know he didn't use those names because that would have been blasphemous because this ain't that. But what I will say is that they do uh, fit well next to each other because of Porzingis' ability to stretch the floor. And so when you look at a guy like Brad who – you know, over the last, you know, three or four seasons, his three-point shooting has, you know, almost steadily declined. And that's because he's getting a lot of his baskets really driving to the driving to the basket and shooting those mid-range jumpers. 
And so when you look at uh, a guy like who plays like that, that, you know, spacing on the floor is more important than ever. And so when you have a guy like Porzingis, who's shooting 35% plus from three-point range, he's actually shooting better than Brad from the three-point range, that, you know, that is going to be very helpful as far as the spacing on the court. And so if you're able to have your center who's able to draw out uh, the, the opposing big man and, and, and take away that paint protection, then I think that there will be a nice, instead of pick and roll game, I think there will be a nice pick and pop game between mm-hmm. uh, Brad and Porzingis, and, and that makes for a great fit. And conversely, on the defensive end, that, that, that Porzingis is, is, is a nice rim protector himself. And so when you look at, you know, uh, uh, the, the Wizards and, and, and some of their coverages, you know, if Porzingis is going to be playing that drop-style defense, you know, I would like to see him get into his Brook Lopez bag and, and, and go out there and, and, and try, to, try to really become a defensive anchor for this Wizards team. Yeah, and it's interesting to see as well. With Bradley Bill, it's always been a backcourt guy. It's never really been a really good all-star caliber frontcourt guy. So I think it's will be interesting to see. I definitely don't see Murray and Jokic either. That's or any shades of that, in my opinion. That's <laughs> that's pretty crazy. But I, I think it could definitely the pick and pop aspect of it. And Porzingis, I'll definitely want to see him take advantage of those mismatches down low, being back to the basket. I know he talked about wanting to get away from just standing at the three-point line and just shooting a bunch of threes. And he wants to get down low a little bit. And I think that'll help Bradley Bill and the rest of the offense out in general. You're 7-3. You definitely are going to be having a lot of height advantages on a couple different centers when you go up against them. And that opens up the offense. The guys are going to have to respect Porzingis down there, bring some double teams at times. That opened up Brad for possibly more just simple catch-and-shoot threes, which he doesn't really do as much anymore since his offensive game has expanded, which could contribute to the lack and drop of three-point percentage. Yeah, I'm excited for the pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop. Yeah, it's not going to be like Jokic. We're not going to see behind-the-back passes or behind-the-head type passes. Jokic averages seven to eight assists per game, and Porzingis' career high in assists is two a game. So he's just not on that level. Nobody's on that level as Jokic has a big pass and maybe some bonus, and that's about it. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're going to have their own chemistry, their own thing, so I wouldn't get too much into comparisons. But I think I think, I think it's a good fit. Somebody that can space the floor for Brad, pick and pop, pick and roll. And um, you see Porzingis, you know, he's another guy that can create a double team that will force a double team. We just didn't really have that with the guys that we had before the trade deadline. So um, I'm, I'm intrigued by the fit. Yeah, yeah, like I agree with both of you guys. Uh, <clears throat> you know, the way they, they play together, I think, is a good fit. It definitely ain't no Jokic and and and, and Jamal Murray. You know, like <laughs> like Jokic is 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 a full on table setter at, at the center position. You know, he's a chef. Uh, uh, Porzingis is a guy who he's a patron who comes to the restaurant to to eat food. You know, he's not he's not really setting up any other guys. And making sure that everybody eats. So. <laughs> and I, I think they, you know, this is a guess. Of course, there were speculations that him and um, KP and Luke, Porzingis and Luca didn't get along. Um, I think, you know, Brad has a different personality than Luca. You know, we saw him not get along with Dinwiddie, but I think these two will mesh together. That's just my opinion. I think they'll mesh well together. Of course, they got to get along together. 
um, that's going to be super, super important. But before you do head out, um, just some quick hitters. What's your thoughts about the um, Pacers game tomorrow night, keys to victory? And then also um, over, under, guess for two years that uh, Porzingis will be a Washington Wizard. Um, well, first, for the Pacers game tomorrow, I think that the Wizards have a good chance of going out and getting a victory uh, uh, just because, you know, they, 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 they're really kind of establishing themselves down low uh, since, since, since the trade deadline has happened. And the Pacers, you know, without Miles Turner being out there, uh, they, they don't really have a, a, a proficient center. And so if the Wizards can go out there and control the boards with Thomas Bryant and Kuzma and Denny Avdia, and those guys, I think that they should be able to. And, and, and I don't think that Brogdon is going to play tomorrow. And so if they can go out there and try to contain uh, Tyrese Halliburton, then I think that they have a good chance of going out there and winning. Um, to your second question, uh, I would take the over on Porzingis. Uh, two years being in Washington because you think he's got like a $31 million, a $33 million player option. And I would bet a lot of money that he picks that option up. Uh, <laughs> You know, instead of trying to hit the free agent market, you know, I think that, you know, that, that that's a good deal for him as far as, you know, picking up that option. So I, I, I definitely foresee that in his future. Definitely, yeah. So, yeah, it's I'm, I'm excited for Porzingis. Hope, as long as he stays healthy, I think he'll be fine. Um, but that, that's all we got today. We want to thank you for coming on, Troy. Uh, do you have anything to plug? Yeah, man, I actually have a have a big article coming out tomorrow morning in the Washington City paper. Uh, it, it's it's really talking about some of the things that we were talking about today about uh, addition by subtraction as far as the Wizards and their moves at the trade deadline. So uh, anybody's listening to this, go check out, click on the Washington City paper tomorrow, and and, and give it a read. Definitely, and um, just let the people know your Twitter as well. Yeah, and my Twitter handle is at Troy Halliburr, H-A-L-I-B-U-R, Burr, like Gucci Man said. Uh, but, yeah, people can go and find me there. I'm also very engaging when it comes to, uh, to, 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 to talking to people on Twitter. So, you know, just make sure that every conversation is uh, uh, led with respect and, and, and I will engage and, and, and we can talk all day as far as discussing the Wizards and and really anything on Twitter. I like I like talking about politics. I like talking about food. I like, you know, I, I like talking about uh, other sports, Winter Olympics, whatever it is. As long as people come correct with respect, I, I'm willing to engage. Definitely, yeah. Do, do you have any other questions? Um, go check out the article, guys. Make sure you check it out. Washington City yeah. Paper. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah didn't get the- appreciate you guys for having me, man. Hey, hey, you guys out here shining, love to see it. You brothers keep doing your thing out here, man. Keep doing. We we need these voices and wizards Twitter of 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 nice, sane, and informative people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard you uh, keeping the peace in the, the wizards Twitter spaces after the thirty five. Hey, man, I had to I had to go full dad mode on them, man. It was it was some real <laughs> problematic stuff being spoken, and had, had to let them know, man, that stuff ain't cool, man. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Thank you again. Thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you have subscribe on YouTube and hit the notification bell as well. Hail to the Wizards. Peace. Peace. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.